Uh, once again, happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday to every single one of you. We are so glad you are with us. There is hope today. Jesus is alive. Jesus is on the throne. And the snow is melting. Can I get an amen? I think I got some sun on my face yesterday. It was a good day yesterday. We're loving it. I love that. But if you are here, uh, we're just grateful that you're all here with us as well as those that are with us online. Um, for those, some of you, this is a regular thing. You're part of our congregation on a regular basis. Uh, others of you, it might be the uh, first time you've been here before. Maybe you're invited by a guest. We're really grateful that you're here. Thanks for being a part of things this morning. If you haven't been in church in a while, I know it might be a little uncomfortable. It might feel a little awkward because you're like, oh, I don't know what to do here. It's okay. Just chill out. It's fun. We're glad that you're here. Just know we hope you have a great experience and we hope that you feel uh, encouraged when you walk out today. But I look at the room out here today and like, you guys look good. Okay. You're like, you stepped it up a level here today. I love it. We're pretty casual around here normally. I'm usually in a t-shirt or a hoodie, but I pulled out my suit coat today. I had a, I had a few of the older crowd that really liked my suit coat today. I said, take a picture. You ain't going to see it next week. But uh, no, but some of you dressed up. I see a few of you even put on suits today. Can we give it up for the guys who put a full suit on today? Like, way to go, guys. That is great. We love it. But it, if there is, you know, if there's one day uh, to wear a suit, if there's one day to dress up, uh, it would be Easter Sunday, right? Because it's kind of a big deal. Like in the church world, Easter Sunday is kind of like the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's kind of like a big deal. But you might ask the question, like, why? Why is this such a big deal? Because isn't, isn't Easter, or a Christmas, isn't Christmas like the most important one, right? Jesus comes to earth, right? We make a big deal, like the whole month is like Christmas. It's like, isn't that the big one? And, and Christmas matters. Obviously a huge deal that Jesus comes to earth. There's others of you that would say, well, well, isn't it like the cross? Like everywhere you go and you see Christianity, you see crosses all over the place. Isn't it about the cross? It's Good Friday. It's Jesus dying on the cross. That's what it's all about. And the cross is critical to this whole Christianity thing. But no, if Jesus came and Jesus died, but there was no resurrection, then I'd be at home watching the masters right now. Just going to be honest with you. I would. Why? Because this whole faith thing, this whole Jesus thing, would be a sham if it weren't for the resurrection. See, being born and dying are not unique. <laughs> I, I would bet that most of us plan on dying at some point, and I would assume most of us were born at some point. In time. There's nothing unique about that. There is something, however, unique about this idea of Jesus being resurrected. You see, the linchpin of Christianity... The thing that holds Christianity together is not a religious system, right? It's not a code of conduct. It's not some religious, some rituals, some things we do. That's not the thing that holds Christianity together. Uh, and, and it's also not held together by some holy text. It's not held together by the Bible. Although the Bible is foundational to our faith on a weekly basis, you know we come here, we stand and we read God's word. It's powerful. It has power in our lives. But it isn't the linchpin of Christianity. It's not even some moral imperative that says, you know what, it's, it's just the right thing to do. You, know? just, you should be a Christian. That's the right thing to do. That's not the thing that holds this whole thing together. No, Christianity hangs on a single event, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection, if it isn't for the resurrection, this thing doesn't matter at all. See, I love how the Apostle Paul talked about it. Some of you know the Apostle Paul, you know, you know St. Paul, but uh, we've heard of that before, but the Apostle Paul, uh, who was he? He was a guy who was actually against Christianity. 
You might not know this. He was a guy who was actually trying to end Christianity. He was trying to persecute and destroy and arrest and even kill the Christians. He wanted to stop this thing called Christianity. And in fact, he went to the leaders and he got authority. He got a letter of authority that allowed him to go to another city so he could go there and arrest more of the Christians and take them into prison. Because he wanted to end this thing. But on his way there, you know what happened? He came face to face with a resurrected Jesus. See, it wasn't because somebody preached a pretty sermon or you know, gave him a nice little message or convinced him or just said, this is a good idea. No, he came face to face with the resurrected Jesus. And the result is he submitted his life to Christ. And he went from being the one who was trying to end Christianity, to kill the Christians, to destroy it, to being the greatest missionary the world has ever known. In fact, he went on to write much of our New Testament. And when this Apostle Paul, St. Paul, sat down in Corinthians to write about this whole idea of the resurrection, do you know what he says? He says this in 1 Corinthians, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. You see, if Jesus did not raise from the dead, we might as well toss the whole thing out, right? Let's skip church and let's go right to brunch, okay? That's what we're going to do. But if Jesus did raise from the dead, then it changes everything. And there is hope alive for you no matter what you walked in the door with this morning. Amen? See, some of you walk in the door hopeless. I get it. You come in discouraged. That's actually normal around here. On a weekly basis, people walk in these doors hopeless, discouraged, carrying heavy stuff. But here's what can happen if you walk in the door and you feel hopeless, you walk in and you see all of us crazy people singing and celebrating and looking like we got joy in our hearts, you're like, you people are crazy. And maybe we are, I don't know. But that's not why we sing. We sing because we have a hope that maybe you don't know about yet. We have a foundation that can, can be firm in every circumstance. Oh, we got stuff going on. I can tell you the hard things that I've got going on in my life, the challenges I have, and so many of you have those same challenges. But we don't walk in here ignoring it and just pretending like those aren't real. No, we come in faith, standing on the hope of the resurrected, living Jesus Christ. That's where our hope is at. And so that's why we gather, and that's why the resurrection is such a big deal for every one of us. And you might ask, what does that have to do with my life? Like, what's that got to do with me? Now, how many of you have ever had somebody say, I got some good news and I got some bad news? Have you heard that before? How many of you, when that comes, you're the person who says, give me the good news first? How many like the good news first? Yeah, none of you do. <laughs> how many like the bad news first? There you go. Exactly. I, give me the bad news. Just give me the bad news. I'll suck it up. I'll deal with the bad news. And then we can move on and get some good news here. Okay? Well, the, the good news of the gospel doesn't come until you're actually willing to accept some bad news. And what's the bad news? The bad news we find in Ephesians chapter 2, the same Paul that we talked about earlier, he wrote this in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. He says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were dead. See, the bad news isn't that we were bad. The bad news isn't that we just missed the mark or that we mess up somewhere or we fall short a little bit. No, the bad news is that apart from Christ, you and I are spiritually dead. That's it. That's bad news. But he goes on, and it says this. He makes it even worse. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. See, when we choose 
to follow the way of the world, the wide road, what everybody else does, the way that's in conflict with God's ways of love and righteousness. When we do that, the result is death. It says it this way in Romans, for the wages of sin is death. What we earn for our lives is death. That's the bad news. And here's the reality is that just trying to be a good person doesn't fix it. I can't fix my way into being alive. I just can't. I can try, and maybe I'm going to be a good person, I'm going to be a good church person. You know, maybe that'll make you feel good or make other people think better of you, but it can't do anything to make you alive. And that's where the good news comes from. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, it says this, but the biggest transition in all of Scripture, but we were dead, right? We were lo- there was nothing we could do, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. That's what God, it's because of who he is. We, because of who he is, because of what he has done, because of his character. The problem is some of us have a really bad view of what God's like. Like, I don't know if he's good. <laughs> Maybe you view God, the God of the bat, who's just got a bat up in heaven looking to whack you over the head when you make a mistake. Some of you view God like that. Some of you, maybe you just had a really bad relationship with a dad. Uh, You had a dad who was harsh, who was angry, who didn't care for you, who forgot about you. Maybe you had a dad that left. He was an absent father altogether. So when you think about God, that's what you think God is like. You think he doesn't really care about me. He forgets about me. He's not there. See, what you have to understand is that's nothing like what our God in heaven is like. Scripture says this, that our God is gracious and compassionate. He's slow to anger. And abounding in loving kindness, it says. He's a God who pursues us, who runs after us. That even when we fail, he's the one with arms wide open saying, would you just come back? I'm not, looking to, I'm not looking to whack you over the head with a bat. I'm here to love you, to care for you, to pursue you. And in fact, John, John walked with Jesus. And after walking with Jesus, like God made flesh, after walking with Jesus, he said this, God is love. If you want to know what God's like, he is love. Loving isn't something that God does. It's who God is. And because of who God is and because of what he has done for us in Christ, he made new life available to every single one of us. And this, this is what the resurrection really means. This is what it means. It's the moment when sin, death, and the grave were destroyed by the victorious, redeeming work of King Jesus. The resurrection uh, isn't a, a tender moment, right? It's not one of these little sweet little moments where Jesus floated out of a tomb and harps began playing. That's when I was. It was the moment when Jesus demonstrated his power and authority over all the forces of darkness. It is the moment when Jesus fulfilled the prophetic words spoken in Genesis chapter 3, and he crushed the serpent's head once and for all, giving hope to all those who would place their faith in Christ. That's what took place at the resurrection. It's a moment of power. It's a moment of invitation. So this is why we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. This is why we celebrate the gospel. This is why we call it good news. This is why you can have hope today no matter what you walked in the door with. Because there's a God who cares about you. There's a God inviting you. There's a God who's been pursuing you. You Maybe you haven't been in the door in a while. 
Maybe you've never walked in the doors of the church. Never you, you've never heard what God really thinks about you, how he cares for you. There's a God in heaven that's inviting you today. Man, I've got something better for you. What you've been experiencing, I've got something better for you. You see, there's a problem that you and I face. And, and it's this, is that most of the people that are in the building today already know everything I just said. Most of you are church people, I would guess. Most of you have heard that Christ came for you, that there's power in the rest. You, you've heard those things. If you've never heard this, I'm so glad you are here today. It is the greatest news you could ever hear. But I would guess that many of you, if not most of you, have already heard that before. But here's the problem. Even though we know of God's life that's available, we can still walk around like death. Why is that? A couple reasons. I think number one is the resurrection isn't a test of hearing. It's not a test of hearing. I know hearing is important. Listening is important. Ask every wife in the house. We love it when, right? Wives love it when their husbands hear them and, and listen to what they've said. So it's important. But the resurrection isn't just a test of hearing. The resurrection also, it isn't a test of knowing. Because we all know stuff we don't do anything about. How many of you have, uh, how many of you know that donuts are unhealthy for you? We all know it, but we still eat the donuts because they're really good, right? If you've never been to Duck Donuts at the mall, you need to go try it out, okay? Amazing. They ain't good for you, though, right? But we eat them anyways. Why? Because it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter that we know things. Sometimes we behave differently than others. So it's not a matter of hearing. It's not even a matter of knowing. The resurrection is a test of responding. It's a test of response. Will we actually respond? To the reality of the resurrection. Or we let it just be a cute little fairy tale story. That we celebrate once a year. Show up to church and think. Oh that's nice. Will we actually do something about it? See the, the scriptures teach us. There are two things we need to do. In response to the resurrection. And to the gospel at large. What are those two things? The, the first thing that we have to do is believe it. We actually have to believe this thing. To believe that Jesus is who he said he was. To put our faith in this Jesus, that he died and that he rose again, that he is Lord of all creation. We have to actually believe this thing. And, and this belief in us, a recognition that this has the, the potential to transform our lives. That we would believe, but belief alone, having these thoughts about Jesus is not enough. Belief requires a second step, and that's submission. To submit. See, Jesus has no interest in being your genie. He has no interest in being your little sidekick or your buddy. He has come to be your Lord and your King. And if we are going to receive the gift that he has offered to us, this new life being made from death to life, if we're going to receive that, it comes one way that we would submit to him as Lord over everything. That we would believe who he is and in believing say, God, I give my life to you. I submit everything I am to you. God, I no longer am living this life for myself with me being the leader. No, I choose to give everything to you, to follow you, Jesus. That's the way that we respond. That's what we call salvation. Salvation isn't just simply saying, oh, I heard a sermon one time and I prayed a prayer one time. No, salvation requires us to say, God, I give it all to you. My life is now in your hands. That's what it means to be saved. And when we do that, it says that we are made from death 
to life. That we are given not just life here and now, but life for all of eternity. That's the good news of the gospel, what's available to you, but we have to respond. So in a moment, I'm going to give some of you an opportunity to respond. Maybe for the very first time, or maybe you're in the doors this morning and you say, you know what, it's been a really long time, and I think I need to come back to Jesus. I'm going to give you a chance to respond to him. But there's some of us here that are followers of Jesus. You know what? You've been made alive. But honestly, you're still living like that. You know the truth. You surrender to Jesus, but you continue to believe the lies. You keep going back. Maybe it's the same habits. Maybe it's the son's destructive behaviors, destructive relationships. Whatever it is, you keep turning back there. And this morning, Christ is saying, would you come follow me into life? I've got something better for you. I've got hope for you. I've got a new way of doing things. But you have to be willing to respond to him. And you have to be willing to follow him. And so I want to get to our big so what. We always say, so what? What's the point of a message? The big so what this morning is this. God isn't done bringing dead things to life. <laughs> See, I love the gospel. I love the resurrection. We celebrate Christ came back to life. He came back from the dead. I love that, but that's just a symptom and an example of who our God is. He is a God who brings dead things back to life. And so whatever you came in this, the door with this morning, there can be hope for you. Those situations that you say, it feels like death. Guess what? We serve a redeemer God who can breathe life even into that circumstance. But it has to be put into his hands. And so that's the invitation this morning. And so for some of you, you need to respond to him for the very first time. For others of you, you need to allow him to transform the areas in your life. But I want to I close this morning as I think about stories in our congregation. Because there are, there are so many in our congregation who have experienced this very thing. Of having their life go from death to life. I think about a, a kid named Jackson. Sitting over there right now. Jackson was a was a student, you know, he was senior in high school, and uh, he, was a, he was kind of the popular kid, he was the, the captain of the football team, right, the varsity football team, and he was just doing his thing, partying, um, doing the drugs, doing the alcohol, using people, and yet he came to a point where he had a revelation where God began to just draw his heart in a deeper way, and he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit in a powerful way. And suddenly this life of death that he had been living, God began to spark a newness inside of him. And I'll tell you, as somebody who saw him, not only did his life transform, literally his countenance began to transform. And there was a hope inside of him. And he was one who was going off. He was going to get a full ride to play football in college. But God so gripped his heart that he's now studying to be a pastor because he wants other people to experience the same new life that he has. Right? Because that's what happens. When our lives are transformed, we got to share it with somebody else. I think about a young adult, a girl named Nikki here at our congregation. Growing up, she experienced a lot of loneliness, despair, anxiety, right? Just, just struggling a lot. There was suicidal thoughts. There was self-harm that was going on. Just absolute despair in darkness, totally chained by what we would call death in our world. But Nikki had an encounter with Jesus. And he began to speak life into her. And if you meet Nikki today, you meet, a, you meet a woman that is filled with joy, that is filled with hope. She is so passionate to preach the gospel and lead other people to faith. Why? Because God has done a transformative work in her heart. She doesn't look like she used to look because God works like that. That's who he is. He brings dead things back to life. I think about uh, a guy named Peter here, a young adult. Peter, when, when he was 
growing up, I remember he was just filled with so much anger. So much anger. I remember even a few years ago, there would be times where like, I look up, try to have a conversation. He wouldn't even talk to me. He didn't want anything to do with God. He didn't want anything to do with the church. He struggled, questioned things, right? And uh, I think if there's anybody that I've ever seen in, in their eyes that just felt like death, it was that. Like, man, he's just like, I just can't get through to this. But God did a work in his heart and began to break the chains off that had held on to him. And if you saw Peter today, what you would see is a joy in his eyes. You would see, in fact, I was with him two weeks ago at a men's retreat, and I saw him with two hands lifted high, worshiping God with joy in his heart. Why? Because God has done a transformative work. This man who was walking around dead has been made alive. I think about another guy named Andy here in the church. A couple years ago, his wife began sharing, like, yeah, her husband wants nothing to do with God considers himself agnostic, has no desire to be a part of faith at all. In fact, the wife was praying for this husband to know Jesus. The, the kids were praying that, that their dad would know Jesus. And Andy got to a point where he looked around at our world and said, there's no hope anywhere. Maybe you've been there before. There's just, it's everything's just division and hatred. And like, there's no hope out there. Like, you're not going to find anything out there. And suddenly God began to draw his heart to himself. And Andy turned to Christ and offered his life to Christ, surrendered his life to Christ. And now Andy is, is one helping lead his home toward Christ. Now he has got a community of men around him encouraging and challenging him in his faith. In fact, two, three weeks ago, we had a chance to see Andy take the step to get water baptized over here. That's what God does. He takes dead things and he brings them back to life. And the last one I want to share is a couple in our church, Larry and Yvonne. Larry and Yvonne, they're in their late 70s. If you met Larry and Yvonne, you would think they are just the sweetest, most loving, most grace-filled, hope-filled people you have ever met in your life. That's what you would see. And you would have no idea what their story was. See, Larry, when he was younger, he grew up in a home uh, where he was beat down emotionally just destroyed and it was as a toxic of a home situation as you can imagine and the result was he was a grown man a 50 year old man who still struggled to interact with anybody he was still full of despair discouragement depressed he, he didn't drive at the time there was all this stuff you're like Larry you look at him now you're like that's not possible yeah that's who he was that's where he was at he met a woman named Yvonne a woman who had herself walked through garbage. She had walked through horrible circumstances. But God had done a redeeming work in her heart, brought life to her. And she met this guy, Larry, in their 50s. Met him. And she saw him and she just felt bad for him. She didn't even want to be around him, honestly, because he was just so negative and struggling. But she felt God say, you know what, you need to be this guy's friend. And so she began to be his friend. She would begin to speak truth into him. She would bring him back to the gospel. She would bring him back to the hope that's in Christ and what he can do in your life. And Larry grabbed hold of that. And it began to spark a new work in his heart. And Larry went from being this depressed, overwhelmed, couldn't do anything, to being one of the most faith-filled, hope-filled, joy-filled men you would ever meet in your life. Eventually, these two get married in their 50s, right? crazy and for 25 years these two have passionately been serving Jesus they are as giving and as extravagant as you could possibly see you see them walk around our church you be like those people are amazing I want to be like them but today you know where they are right now where she is right now 
few weeks ago, uh, Yvonne suffered a stroke. And uh, right now, about a mile away from here, she's in a hospice care um, at the end of her life. And I'm prayerfully awaiting that moment. And I spent time with them on Monday. And when you walk into a room and you see people who have a foundation that never shakes. We talk about that all the time. Like, I want Jesus is a foundation that, that never shakes. Yeah, they're living it right now. And I see a woman who knows that her moment's about to come with joy in her heart, joy in her eyes, knowing I'm going to see Jesus. That's a foundation. Looking in the eyes of Larry, who, who the woman who literally led him to faith, who he has walked side by side for 25 years, to look in his eyes and still see hope, to still see joy, that's God. That's what he does. That isn't the, the, the ability of man to convince us of anything. That is the spirit of God at work in someone's heart. And the good news for every single one of us who are here today is the same spirit that resides in those two right now is available to every single one of us. He's looking to breathe life into you, to give you a hope that you cannot find anywhere else. But it is a hope that must be received. It is a hope that we must respond to. And so for some of you this morning, for the very first time or for the first time in a while, you need to respond to Christ. You need to submit your hearts to Him and say, God, I need you in my life. I come to you. I need that hope that this world cannot give me. And there's some of us who are, who are following Jesus and called to His life, but we've been still living like death. This morning, God's saying, come on, let's leave the, let's leave the death behind. Just come follow me. Would you pray with me? Bow your heads, close your eyes across the room. Father, we thank you so much for your invitation, God. Your invitation to know you. Your invitation to be with you. Your invitation for eternal Zoe life. Your invitation to be made alive. We thank you for that, Jesus. And Father, we recognize across this room, there are, there are those who've never had the opportunity, or maybe it's been a while since they've responded to you, Jesus. It's the greatest decision. It doesn't just impact their lives today. It impacts their eternity. God, I pray right now you would draw their hearts to you in a deep way. Would you call them for me, please? Jesus. With every head bow and every eye closed across the room. If that's you this morning, you need to respond to Jesus. You need to surrender your life to Jesus to submit your life to him. Maybe it's for the very first time or maybe it's just been a long time. And you need to have a fresh moment with Jesus today. If that's you with every head bow and every eye closed across the room, would you just lift a hand and say, that's me. I need to respond to Jesus today. Respond to him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give you a moment. If that's you, just lift a hand across the room. If that's me. If you're with us online, yeah. If that's you online, I encourage you to respond in your heart right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's do that. Let's give one more moment. If that's you, would you lift a hand? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to invite the whole room to respond. If you would, would you pray with me? Would you pray this out loud? Dear Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for the invitation to something new. 
I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I need your salvation. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died and rose again. And I confess him the Lord of my life. I surrender everything to you, Jesus. Help me to step into your new life. Jesus' name. Man, I want to continue to pray just for a moment. For those of you who are a follower of Jesus, and you're a follower of Jesus, but right now you would say, you know what, there's some areas in my life, I'm, I'm, I'm in some stuff that's leading to death right now. I'm heading the wrong direction. Right where you're at, I just encourage you, would you put your hands over your heart right now? And would you submit those things to Jesus right now? Maybe there's just some laziness in your heart. Maybe there's distractions. Maybe your priorities have been in the wrong place. Would you just take a moment and say, God, I, I give those to you. I surrender those to you, Father. I pray that you would help me to live out the life that you've made available to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for every single one of us that we wouldn't leave this place today like we came in, but instead we would leave recognizing the victorious freedom that is available in Christ. God, would you do that in our hearts in a new way this whole week, Lord. May there be new life in us as we follow you, Jesus. We pray that in the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. Would you stand with me across the room? Well, there were a, a handful of you that raised hands responding to Jesus, and that is the greatest decision you could ever make. Can you give it up for those who responded to Christ today? It, there's something, when you walked in the door this morning, you received one of these cards. If you guys could grab this card real quick. Uh, for those of you who did respond to Christ, um, we're going to put the QR code up on the screen as well. But on the back side of this card is a QR code. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, either for the first time or recommit to Jesus, or if you want to just know a little bit more of what does that look like to follow Christ, I want to challenge you, pull your phone out right now, scan this QR code. And uh, it just has like two or three questions. And we would love the opportunity to connect with you, to encourage you in your faith, and to help you on this journey of faith. That's why we're here, okay? And so would you do that for us? We want to come alongside you this week. Uh, for everybody else, I just want you to know what's on the front side of this card. Uh, we are kicking off a brand new series, a short series beginning next week called I Do. It's a series on marriage and relationships. How many know marriage and relationships can be hard sometimes, right? This is. And <laughs> I saw two hands on the front row. Okay. So it just is. And, uh, and so we're going to lean into this. And so if you're here and you're married or you know somebody who's married or some marriage that's, that's struggling in any way or you just need to grow in it, this is a series for you. Because the gospel isn't just a thing that has to do with our spiritual life. It also helps us in our lives. Right? It brings transformation. And so we're going to be talking about some of those things. You need to be here beginning next week. Uh, but for those of you who are like, well, I'm not married. Yeah, well, the, some of you still hope to be married. And uh, the principles we're going to talk about are going to help prepare you for that. But also, these principles apply in every relationship in your life. And so next week, we're going to be talking about one word, one word that can change all of your relationships. And so I challenge you to join me next Sunday for that message. Um, the, uh, at the end of our service here, I'm going to invite our prayer team forward. Uh, and if some of you are here and you know what, you, you just need somebody to pray over you, to pray with you. We've got a team who is here with you. 
and they want to minister to you, they want to support you that way, I would encourage you, don't head that way, come this way. Just a reminder, next Sunday we come back to our normal service schedule, 9.30 and 11. 9.30 and 11. Say it out loud. 9.30 and 11. Exactly. We want you to come here at the right time. We hope you can join us for that. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to grab some treats on your way in, grab some treats on the way out. Otherwise, have a great week, guys. We love you. Happy Easter.